Yes, I have made this company millions of dollars over the years, but they're going to ask, what have I done for them lately? Hello, listeners, and welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast hosted by myself, Akinomobitan, and Professor Dan Cable. On each episode, the two of us pick apart peer-reviewed and published social science papers, and we squeeze them for their best bits so that you, the curious listener, don't have to sift through pages and pages of academic literature. What's up, Dan? Good, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm feeling wonderful. Good. High spirits. Hot. Yeah, I'll tell you what, cooking, yeah, it's June it's in London. Yeah. It just happened. All of a sudden we got in Surprising every year. <laughs> I feel thankful and like I want to reciprocate. Love, oh, oh man, I, I feel your reciprocation, although I do wonder what's behind it, seeing as we're recording <laughs> No, it's authentically <laughs> So, the paper that we have uh, this week is How Organization Can Weaken the Norm of Reciprocity. And when they say organization here, we're talking about companies and, and things like that. Uh, and then it's the uh, the effects of attributions for favors and the calculative mindset. So, yeah, wordy title, Woo. Dan, can you help us make yeah. some sort of sense of what is going on I here? love to give these thumbnail sketches of what this article is. It's essentially that in all human cultures, there exists a norm to reciprocate if somebody does something nice for you until you step into an organization. Then everything changes. Somehow, what it means to be human changes and you don't feel that norm anymore yeah which is actually really cool and kind of messed up both yeah yeah cool as an observation and messed up as in like that's what several people just like live through uh, so we're going to give shout outs to peter belmy and jeffrey pfeffer and jeffrey's name rings a bell i'm pretty sure we've, uh, yeah, we've covered, covered some, some of his stuff before i think it might have been that when you get paid by the hour you start to like view time differently and mm. other humans differently. I think that might have been yeah, the Yeah, warping the senses. Yeah. So, so yeah, this one's all about like, so when we do, when we do become employees, there's something about like our loyalty uh, and then the, also the effort that we give, which just doesn't get reciprocated by employers. Yeah. And just off the top, my gut reaction to this was like, Hey, well, we pay you. Yes. See, I actually think if you had to just cut to the chase, when we invented management, as they say, in the 1900s, the deal was, we don't really care about you. It's the job. And you're just here to do the job. And so when you do the job, don't expect a lot of gratitude because you're already getting paid. Mm. And so the whole point was to make it impersonal. And then that seems to genuinely mess with something very deep and human and cross-culturally human about how humans normally interact. That's actually, um, before reading this article, I have to say, I hadn't thought a lot about that phenomenon, that simply stepping inside a role-based and personal structure called an organization kind of carves away some of what it takes to, like, interact with other humans. Yeah. Like, here's an example. One thing I just wanted to say. Go so for it. One of the things we do is we feel somebody does something nice and then we feel this like normal, like I should do something nice back. And it's what leads to us saying thank you, for example. This would imply that there's a lot less thank you in organizational life. Well, I teach leadership. And one of the things you're supposed to do is say thank you a lot. Like one of the motivational things is to recognize that people did some cool stuff and then be like, I noticed you did that cool thing. Thank you. 
And we're going to get into these studies as to like why it kind of, because it kind of like throws a glitch in the matrix, yeah. like so to yeah. say, like it's like, it's like the, the doorway to the office. And as soon as you cross through it, it's a bit like in the matrix where they pick up the phones yeah. and then kind of get transported like in and out of, of the matrix. And something seems to happen because even as you're mentioning that about the thank yous, Dan, like, I've been thanked by managers in workplaces and just thought, are you doing management on me? Are you? So even that doesn't seem real. That's funny too. Yeah. I mean, this paper doesn't touch it, but it may be the other is also true that when some manager does act human yep. and be like, hey, I noticed you did this. Thank you. We're like, what are you trying to get out right. of me? What's, what's your angle here? Right. All this being thankful crap. <laughs> did you notice that sign on that door? That's we're in the company here. Don't pull, don't pull your uh, emotional, motivational right. shit on me. Right? <laughs> so this is like a sickness, right? Like we all we all enter, and like because part of it as well is like you come to work, and for like a lot of like especially like office based culture, there's a lot of this like office attire. Like, so it's, it's like, so psychologically we enter a different space and it's reflected yes, yes, in our attire yes, yeah, also. Yeah. It's like I have yeah. clothes for yeah, yeah, work. It's yeah. like I'm Batman yeah. and I'm just a bit like, <laughs> these, this is the outfit which I go around punching bad guys yes, in the yes, faces. Yes. And it's also my gratitude free clothes. Yeah, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, these are the clothes I wear when I don't want to say thank you or like think that you're just a good person. Yeah. One of the things they find is it has a lot to do with being instrumental. And you remember we've talked a little bit about this instrumental word before it means you basically see other people as a means to an end that their their production is everything to do with helping you and the company get ahead and not like who they are as a human so they might do some nice shit and you might even see the nice stuff but you're like that's just because you're trying to impress me yeah or that's just because you're trying to get ahead yeah. you don't just be like no i just have these skills and it feels good to use them right <laughs> Man, it's like it's like it's disastrous. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's just this corrosive. Yeah, that's right. Well, it has the potential. It has yeah, the if, yeah. if, I, if I don't get too bleak, <laughs> and I assume there are some nice places to work out there, yeah. but there is there's, right. there's something character altering yeah. about organizations and and the roles in which we play with them. And I should say at this stage. This is why we're squeezing this yeah. so that we stop behaving yeah, right. yeah, in these right. maniacal ways. No, that is true. Because sometimes <laughs> this is what squeezing the orange has kind of almost emerged for and has become increasingly focused on is if we can highlight these irrational craziness, then we can adapt to them and like deal with it. Yep. That's pretty interesting. Um, one of the things I was going to point out here is just a direct quote is it says relationships in formal organizations are frequently more impersonal and calculative than in personal contexts. And this is, I think, where you were putting, you were pointing to it's Weber, like this is 1940s impersonality, like being impersonal is the essence of bureaucracy. The essence of a bureaucratic organization is that the people don't matter, that the formal organization is about like roles and scripts and tasks. And so once you start with that as like the structure and the cornerstone of organizations and management, then you sort of end up in this place of not treating people as just like helpful and nice. That's pretty 
that's actually really sweeping. That's a really sweeping indictment. Mm. Let's check out yeah. some of these yeah. studies. Yeah, so how they've come to some of these conclusions. Yeah. So there's study 1A and 1B. Yeah. And I'm thinking we can kind of like roll these That's right. into two. That's right. And so like in 1A and 1B, so if you're listening, imagine that a friend invites you for dinner and at the end of that dinner, they also pay for the meal. Good times, right? And also at the same time, uh, imagine a, a colleague uh, invited you for a dinner and at the end of that dinner... They also paid for the meal. It sounds like yeah. a similar thing. Either way, you're not pay. paying and you're eating, right? <laughs> Both situations, you got a belly full of food and you didn't have to reach in your wallet. And yet, if it's a work colleague, less likely to return that favor. Yeah, this that, that was the big highlight yeah. of, of what they, they found here is that when, when it does take place in a work context, so just this idea of it being an, an acquaintance they use that language yeah. there. There's something about the interaction there that becomes distorted where it's like, I don't really yeah. owe you anything back. And owe yeah. might be a strong word. Cause uh, I guess it's like, close. it's That's close. A, the norm of reciprocity is about feeling like you owe it back. It's yeah. About, it's about, right? Yeah. But uh-huh. I guess owe feels quite contractual. Oh, right, whereas with right, reciprocity, right. I guess it's like this desire, like I want to. Yep. And so I guess, yeah, yeah, that want there kind of gets lessened if it's in a work context. Yes. It's like, I don't really want to yeah. do your one back. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just like, nope, I turned up exactly. and I ate yeah. and that was great. Yeah. And you're probably going to like ask me for something mm. tomorrow. Well, yeah, so. That's why. Actually, that is something they looked at. Yep. They measured to the extent to which they attributed the favor doing, like basically the mill purchase, to dispositional causes. And they found that they, if it was in an organization, it's almost like presto change It's an organization. Oh, okay. Well, it's not them then. Mm. You know, it's not them being nice. It can't right. be because it's an organization. It's almost like a prime. Yep. It's almost like what the organizational word or context does is it primes us to be cynical and to think like, well, you're, you can't just be being nice. You're, you're, at, you're on about something here. It's really very interesting. And I guess that's what I give this article a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Insight. There's something quite evocative about it where so you, you could take two individuals, who you know, fairly well. And there's something quite evocative about just the association of work seems to bring about that element of my character, the element of my mm. character that is mm. calculating. Yeah. So, cause like, I guess if it is with just a friend mm. and this is what they kind of like showed here, like I, there's just a part of the mind that just doesn't need to work yeah. or operate. Yeah. Like, and even if at a later point, the friend is like, oh man, I'm moving. Like, could you give me, you're going to be more inclined to want to help, but also is there something about, exchanges between friends where it doesn't, for me at least, it doesn't feel like a tit for tat. It kind of feels like we're we're both shoveling kind of like onto the foundation of the friendship. So it feels more like we're building something together. Whereas if it's in a work context, and this is me kind of like, just kind of like running a bit wild here, it kind of feels like I'm kind of making a deposit for a future yes, exchange yes, yes. or someone is trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. kind of like hold, hold me to something really yeah. be like you ate the cheesecake. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's instrumental contractual. It's almost like tit for tat. Yeah. We're counting more. Like if it's yeah. just a friend, 
and they buy a round, and they buy another round. It's not like, whoa, nope, 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 nope. You know, if it's a good friend, you're yep. just sort of like, as you say, shoveling on, knowing that it's going to come back eventually. Yeah. But if once we're in organizational life, there's more probably counting, noticing, wondering why they're doing it. Yeah. Cynicism, instrumentality. Yeah. Um, in study, so that one was like 375 people. In study 1B, where there's like another set of whatever, 180 some people, 140 people, all the same stuff, only now it's like somebody picked you up at an airport. Yeah. You're on a big trip and they come and get you and they were able to replicate the entire thing, which may sound like not much, but I mean, to be honest, otherwise you'd wonder, is this like a dinner thing? Mm. Is this a food finding? So this is study two, 1B was really more about just showing that it's favors in general. Yeah. And other than that, I don't think that there's much more we really need to do because they totally replicated it. Yeah. I think the results from what I recall from the numbers were slightly more exaggerated Mm -hmm. also. So it's like, I guess there's something about a a work, someone from work picking you up from the airport and taking you to the office. Yeah. And so there was this heightened element regarding its association with the organization it's so interesting i really find that to be cool and again pretty clever studies these aren't like here's what it is these are not hard studies to do they're hard to think up yeah the idea is what's carrying the weight here and after that you just go out to like mechanical turk on amazon you get 144 people to fill out a survey you're done in like five minutes yeah but kind of Good insight here. I get this. I've been studying this stuff since like the 90s. <laughs> and I really hadn't had some of these thoughts before. Yeah. So clever, clever look at a, a very old phenomenon that you're sort of bringing up for, if not the first time, first time I've seen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Do we want to jump to... Study yeah. two? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it gets a bit, it gets spicier in study two because, so I guess in the previous studies, what they're able to do from, from what I understand is establish that the way that we think about reciprocity definitely differs depending on whether it's a personal relationship or whether that relationship is tied to to work to our role to to an organization and so to kind of now that now now that this is established they wanted to look at like so what happens if like we're thinking about how useful the person is so you mentioned like instrumentality earlier and it, it does it does get a bit it, get, it does get a bit tastier in in this sense. Did you want, yeah. do you want to throw in well, some, uh, I some can stuff tell like you, that? Um, I'm probably going to say this a little wrong, but what I loved about this study too was it's almost like they said, now showing that this kind of operates, here's an implication that ought to like go a certain way. Let's yeah. look at that. And what I loved is if they were expected, so let me get this straight. If, if it was a work person, and you kind of expected that they were going to like want something back and they were going to be like useful to you, then you're going to be more likely to do it. If it was the case that you didn't really get much out of them, they just weren't that useful to you, then how are you going to respond? And it kind of like if it's a friend, it's fine. If it's a work colleague, it's like sayonara, not doing anything back for you. I, I, I thought that it's almost somehow that it was the inverse of the study one, because what you're showing is you're just less likely to care about usefulness if it's just a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And more so. And, and this is, this is pretty, I guess the, the rot of this, like the rot is like just that element of 
humans having a transactional element. Like I can yeah. get if you're yeah. if you have a business, I can get it. How you don't really want to go around your business isn't we're going to do solids. So like unless it's a yeah. charity yeah. and it's like yo yeah, we're going right. to do we're going to do you a solid. But when it's business, it's like no, actually we kind of need that money on time. We need that service delivered. And there's something about now applying that to actual people and then weighing up their good deeds. And this was, I guess, I'm I'm not sure which study it is, which they entirely looked at it. I can't fully remember. But this idea of how we now interpret intent also. So like someone doing, because I guess this this is part of the Mm -hmm. element about doing a favor Mm -hmm. is that you're Mm -hmm. you're doing something for someone. It was this one. And the the nature of it ideally should be, I'm doing this as a good deed. That's it. So like, I do not need anything in return. And they even measured some of this to your exact point. It says, like they answered questions like, informing my decision on whether I should return this favor, I considered what would increase my chances of being a successful person in the future. Future. Who does that? Well, people in organizations. Because <laughs> essentially what they found, I'm sure I said it wrong before. I mean, I didn't say it clearly before, but I think I, I said it right, which is if it's in an organization, usefulness matters. Yes. It affects whether or not you're going to do a solid back. Yep. In a friendship, that makes no difference. Yeah. Being useful or not useful, they found that there was zero difference. There was like, it said, um, by contrast, among participants who imagine it was a personal context, the future value of the person had no impact on their willingness to reciprocate. So that's kind of, again, that's a pretty powerful demonstration of the phenomenon. I think it's clever. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and if we go to study free, uh, so I didn't entirely get study free. Okay. Um, but so this one was regarding the dictator yeah. game. Do you know that one? I So I didn't know about this dictator okay. game. Do you want to give us a, a breakdown of well, like, what's up with this? As near as I can tell, right? They can do little variations. What the way they did it is, okay, I can, you and I go into a lab. And by the way, in real life, there weren't really two people. They just lied and said there was. What it is, is like you randomly get these 10 coupons and you get to divide them to me and you however you want. Yep. And then later on, I get some coupons and I get to randomly divide however I want. And the idea sometimes would be like, let's say that you only gave me two and yep. kept eight. Yep. Then I might like get right back at you. Or if yep. you gave it five, five, that'd give you five, five back. So there's like a reciprocity that I act like you act. And so it's a way to look behaviorally. The reason why this study is kind of important in the concept of this is it gives a behavioral measure of reciprocation. It's not just what you said you do. Mm. These are actual dollars. It's worth yeah. 50 quid. Yeah. 50 so this is like a lot. Like this, so the coupons yes. were to get entered into yeah. a lotto in which yeah. you could then win Real 50 money. bucks. Like the actual people in this thing could make 50 bucks, yeah. which is not nothing. And people are doing these things for like 50, 50 cents. cents. So it's so a bit yeah. like, yeah. that's that's yeah. a big you, deal. Think about that. That's like a hundred times more than you're in for if you got 50 bucks, right? But anyway, um, what that does is the amount that you reciprocate with then becomes a behavioral index of what other people in other studies just said. Yeah. That's the cool thing about this whole you know, shtick that they're doing here. And then essentially what they did is they sort of randomly assigned people to different conditions. And one was like personal. And another one, it was like, you were a manager. And the other one, you were an office assistant. Yeah. And so by triggering organizational life, they expected something. And then by triggering power, because yeah. being a manager is different from being an office assistant. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what they, what they found in here? Well, yeah. What they found was... Like it's it's pretty cool in the sense of people who were in the personal group yeah. 
they were more likely to reciprocate. So like what they did is everyone, so everyone's imaginary partner gave them yeah. seven out of the 10 yeah. tickets, so which it's, is it's hugely generous. It. That's yeah. it. Because 50-50, five of them would have been like, still quite nice. Yeah. Because you have like, the, that's why it's called the dictator game. Yep. You have total power. Yes. You could give them like a dollar. You can give them nothing. Keep nine. You can give them nothing. Yeah. But in this one, they not only gave you equals, they like threw another 20% right. in. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. And so like people who were matched in a personal, personal element. So this was around the language that he used regarding it. Just the language as well. So this is just the language priming individuals. So if you had that personal language used, you were more likely to reciprocate and therefore give more coupons to the other person. However, when it came to the organizations, and I think this didn't even matter if you were manager or assistant manager conditioned, just having it in the organizational yes, element yes. meant that they were less likely to reciprocate. Yep. So something cold kicked in. Yep. Something cold yes. kicked in just yes. through the association. Yes. And it's like, even though this individual has done this great thing yeah. for me, yeah. I'm less likely. I don't feel compelled, required. I have no, there is, there's no part of me that feels like I need to make a human decision yeah. here. I'm going to make a decision that's best for me. Absolutely. So I'm going to calculate. Yeah. That's really very, that was a really nice way of saying it, actually. That's Thank super, you. Super, <laughs> what they found is that, first off, as soon as it was organizational, they suddenly were giving a lot less tickets. And the worst was like, if you were in the assistant condition, you gave a five, you still split it, but like they gave you seven. So you're down into the fives, you're 20% lower. But it's funny because if you were in the personal context, you almost got up to their seven, but it was 6.6. Mm. You know, it's like, even then, you yeah. didn't quite give as much on average as you kind of honor yeah it's really funny isn't it it's really funny so um essentially what that study three did is it took us into actual behaviors where there are actual consequences on the line and they kind of replicated it with this sort of like new approach and i call that triangulation it's not just me the field calls that triangulation <laughs> that's just what it's called because you're showing it in different contexts with different types of behaviors and different types of surveys this phenomenon keeps reappearing as soon as you prime up an organization then we're doing a lot less reciprocation. Yeah. And just like, you know, because we're going to jump into study four, we don't often get to uh, cover all of the studies on these episodes, but these build on each other so nicely and there's a nice tightness to them as well. But I guess just as a reminder for individuals listening, this isn't just about how sick we all are as individuals, but there is an opportunity here to kind of like assess what kind of organization mm. am I in? Mm. And also what kind of role do I want to play in that organization, right. how am I thinking about the good things that individuals do for me? Yep. So when I do request something, is my attitude to it, someone has fulfilled that because it's their job? And even if it is their job, am I appreciating what they are doing in their role? Really or am I just a bit like, well, yeah. we're, we're at work, so, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, you already got paid, so yeah. what else do you want? I'm not yeah. sure, I'm sure as hell I'm not gonna thank you. Right. Okay. Because you already got that. Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? And if that's the attitude yes. which several yes. of us are walking around yeah. the walls in, like what kind of yeah. environment yeah. are we in where everyone's calculating their work plus anything they do in addition based on what they might get yeah. in the future? Yeah. It, it starts to kind of feel a bit like 
you can kind of see where maybe like the office politics and the inner games yeah. and the brown nosing, yeah. where all of these kind of like terms and attitudes begin to, to really fester from. It's also interesting, Akin. I don't think that we can like run through this whole thing, but let's say that you and I made this little fun conversation into a going concern. Say it was now a venture. All yes. of a sudden, this was like squeezing the orange, the organization. <laughs> I wonder if even that starts to change how actual friends see each other's contributions. Yes. Yeah. Like, as soon as money, what mm. it has to do with like, money and roles, that's what it feels like to me. Off yes. On the outside, what it feels like is somebody's taken home some money yep. and somebody's got a role, a job title with some tasks associated. Yep. And as soon as that gets involved, I bet you that's when it starts rearing its ugly head, even within an existing relationship. Totally. <laughs> well, that's the, that's a great point because we do this for fun. Like, we're not, we make... Nobody's paid me yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you getting money? Wait a minute. Are you not getting the... <laughs> Are you getting the thing? <laughs> the stipend? I thought you were getting the... <laughs> Like we do this for fun, but like if if there were money in, would this would this yeah, be would this be as would it be as enjoyable? Would it feel as would it I don't know, would it feel as much as a pleasure? Because like now, if we're kind of like because we've had to like reschedule at yeah, times, yes, or um, yeah. or sometimes one yeah. of us is like running a bit late. Yeah. And then if it's yeah, a, if yeah. there's money on the line, yeah. it's a bit like yeah, get yo. Your ass here. Like, whoa, 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 right? whoa. I thought you don't res- don't you respect me? Right? Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. And also, like, what if we were doing it for like 50p? And mm. it still made the difference. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? a lot of these studies, they're like doing it for like 50p. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're like fighting tooth and nail. Well, I thought you were gonna be here at two. And we <laughs> Be like real bitchy to each other, right? <laughs> you know? Oh, day! May we never make a penny on this podcast. <laughs> Advertisers go away. <laughs> oh, de- so study four is dope, and I do. I would love to say a little bit about this because study four. So now they're looking at the actual. So they're looking at the reci- reciprocation. Yeah itself. So just a quick blitz of what happens in study four. So they bring individuals to a behavioral lab and they do a study for, it's like a questionnaire. They do this for about 50 cents. And at the end of this, they have two notes of thank you. So, uh, and there's a, there is a bit more to this, but I'm giving the speedy version. But at the end of this, it's like, one version is, you know, such and such university, the behavioral lab would like to thank you. And what we also, we, we're so grateful that we're actually going to not give you 50 cents, but we're going to give you two bucks. Yeah. But yeah. that's from yeah. the behavioral yeah. lab. Yeah. And then in another yeah. version, you get thanked, but it's from an individual who's saying, I'm a PhD yeah. Yeah. student. Yeah, exactly. This is my dissertation. Yeah this is, yeah, yeah, this is part of my, like, the work that I've done. And you know what? As to show my appreciation, I'm not going to give you 50 cents. I'm going to give you two bucks. Yeah. So the whole idea yeah. behind this is that you have a an organization and you have an individual both of them do you a solid, essentially. Mm-hmm. And in closing, they're a bit like you could go now. However, we also have this additional study, which we can't afford to give you anything for it, but you would be doing us a solid. So this whole idea yeah. of yeah. Um, reciprocity, you have in that moment an opportunity 
to give back from someone who has given to you. That's it. And the only difference is you yeah. perceive one as an organization and you perceive one as an individual, a person. And do you want to say a little bit, Dan? Yeah. I mean, again, really, really clever to set it up this way because they, again, are literally being behavioral. They are staying longer to do a survey, which they know they will not be paid for. So that's a pretty nice dependent variable. And what they found is that 33% of the people gave their time, donated their time and did these extra surveys. But almost half of those in the personal condition did it, but only 23% of those in the organization did it. And what is so awesome is it's literally the same setup, except in one, they thought it was, quote, an organization. It's literally the same surveys. You literally are doing them in the same spot. I mean, that's really, really powerful. Again, the priminess of just saying words like employee yep. versus friend mm. or organization versus me as a PhD student. Yeah. And again, it, it really brings up some implications about like, well, how would a better organization talk about it? Employees, maybe it'd be like us people. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe even the word like employee or like subordinate. You know, like those yeah. words are like they sound like they're out of the 1920s. You know, like you're my subordinate. It's like <laughs> sure I'm not. <laughs> I, I would hope that there aren't organizations in current day using that language because <laughs> that that sounds yes. that sounds horrible. Yes, I know. I it know. sounds horrible. But and, I, and even mm. even the even employee. It, it reeks of contractual yeah, yeah. obligation. Yes, yes. And you know, then some companies started calling them like associates. Yeah. But it, it still kind of smacks of like corporates. Mm. You know, it's almost like you're an associate, which means you're an employee. I mean, subordinate, but I know I'm not allowed to use those words anymore. So we've updated it. Now you're a, um, guess what you are? You're an associate. Mm. Aren't you feeling better? You know, it, has, <laughs> it has that little bit of like... Political correctness, but like the assumption under it is, is like you're still not a person. You're a operational unit that's on yep. the lower end of things. Yeah. But we know better than to call you simply an employee. But like they could just say like people. Right. <laughs> or like, you know, like friends. Or I don't know. I don't know how yeah, you do friend it. Friends sounds I, a bit much. Same, yeah. If it's same. like, hello, friends. Oh, I'll be so Colt, suspicious. Colt, I'd, yeah, run. Like- I'd run for the door. <laughs> I'm not your friend. You haven't met me yet. So, <laughs> but th- there is a big, there is something in there regarding, and I do not have the answers. Sorry, peeps. Uh, but <laughs> there is something in there regarding the language that we use to interact with each other when we're in an organization. And that language, as Dan mentioned, there could be things such as people versus employees. And also, because you've done a fair bit of um, work within this field, Dan, but like this idea of how and what, like how can we acknowledge people as people? So not just the language that we use, but how do we acknowledge them as individuals? And how is it that we encourage them to bring their individuality to the workplace to show that you are seen and appreciated and valued as a person? And not just a role and not an operational unit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. And I actually think, you know, as we sort of move toward close here, I actually think that's probably the best nugget for us to end on, which is at squeezing the orange here, this organization, (laughs) what we try to do is like highlight these counterintuitive phenomena that nevertheless occur so that you can take a good look at if you're a leader or if you're a employee slash associate slash person, (laughs) how do I want to let my mind work? If I don't 
be careful. What will happen is I'll take this instrumental frame. Yep. Now that I know that's happening, do I want to address that? Do I want to catch it? Do I want to try to retrain it? I would say, because I work a lot with leaders, it probably has the most implications for leaders, is my guess, of somehow catching themselves and not allowing just just to think, oh, that's because they have to do it. It's their job. Instead being like, that's a human that's given me nine hours today. Might as well go ahead and thank them for those nine hours. It's not going to hurt. Thank yous are free. Noticing that they've made a unique contribution, still free. Um, while organizations in the 1910s may have been all about bureaucracy and in-personality, that's not really what's working today. What we need is like flexibility and individuality and unique perspectives. So I'm just thinking if we're helping, <laughs> that's one of the ways that we might be helping in addition yeah. to getting a giggle. Oh, nice. And you could help us. Hey. I wasn't expecting that. Right. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, you can help us and express uh, some of your your gratitude for uh, the episodes that we put out. And if you see us post about this on Twitter and LinkedIn, if you could hit share, that would be fantastic. If but you do not send Akin money without sending me money. Now, do not, because I'll never... No, it's fine. If you send me money, I'll definitely give Dan half... <laughs> or 70% of <laughs> You guys, thanks for rocking with us. We're going to get out of here. Ciao.